0: So as you know, we're not long back from our holiday uh, in, in the States, and we so enjoyed as a family being able to be reunited with uh, our family there. And, and part of our trip uh, was driving down to Florida for a family reunion and getting a chance to show the kids where I grew up, and that was a particular pleasure uh, for, for, for me this year. Um, because the kids hadn't ever been able to see where it was I grew up, where I went to school, where I surfed at the beach, and and all of those fun things. And so they got to see it for themselves, and we had fun driving down to Disney and then back up to my parents' house where they live in Georgia, uh, visiting my university and the house where my grandparents lived along the way. And it was great fun to be able to let the kids in particular see that part of my Past, which was all new to them, but our trip wasn't uh, without its challenges, as you can imagine. For instance, we arrived from Dublin at the start of our trip, only to realize that our cases, our suitcases, had not arrived, and we went for four days without our clothes or our daily essentials. Then, at the end of the time, uh, we took sick with COVID. Fortunately, we're all recovering from that. But making our way around and finding places along the way also had its challenges, as you can imagine. It's been 26 years since I've been there where I grew up. Uh, Mostly I was able to recognize things, but so much had changed. Unfortunately, I could remember my way around where I grew up well enough, but. as we began driving further afield, it wasn't just as easy, and the problem was that we had no data on our phones, uh, and, and so we didn't have access to Google Maps or Apple Maps, and, and, and so trying to drive around, we had to rely on my parents' SATnav in the car. Unfortunately, it hadn't been updated so much recently, uh, and so there was a number of times when I put in addresses that we wanted to go, places that we wanted to see and When we reached our destination, it wasn't the place at all. So there was one time we put in the destination, we got there, and it was an empty field that was a construction site. We knew the place existed, and so we plowed on, and we tried a different direction. And fortunately, it wasn't that far away. And so we did get there in the end. There were other challenges too, as you can imagine. When we were away, I got news that a university friend that had been close to me and our family had passed away. And then towards the end of our time, news that a close family member had been diagnosed with cancer. But isn't that what life is like? I mean, there are joys There are good times, there are those family reunion moments, there are those highs along the way, but then there's also those challenges and there's those disappointments and hurts and and setbacks and losses too. And no matter what form those things may take, one of the questions that each of us have to wrestle with is how we allow those challenges when they come to impact us how do we allow those challenges to impact our faith? When things go wrong, when you find yourself up against it, when you experience pain and loss and bitter disappointments, will will you go on living a life of faith? Will you go on holding on to hope? Will you remain true to Christ? Because let's face it, we have all been there at some point or another, and some of us are there right now. Life has taken a, a different turn than you expected. The pain you, that you're experiencing maybe right now, uh, whether it's emotional or whether it's physical or, or otherwise, it, it, it's real. And when you're in that place, it's only too common to find yourself confronted with doubt. Asking some real questions like, where is God in all this? Can He be trusted? Is this life of faith worth pursuing even in the face of my suffering and pain? These are questions that the writer to the Hebrews is addressing in our passage and looking at the verses uh, before ours, we discover he's writing to a group of believers who know fine rightly what hard times are. In fact, the in the face of suffering, some of their friends, we discover, have walked away from the faith. Some of them have given up on Christ. And the folks that the author of the Hebrews, he's writing to, well, they're wondering whether they should throw in the towel as well. Listen to what he tells them. The verses appear on the screen. Uh, rewinding things back to chapter 10, beginning at verse 32 and following he says, remember those early, earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And by my righteous one, by my righteous, but my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back says God, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Writing to those who struggle with questions of faith and doubt and to the midst of life's challenges and disappointments, the writer to the Hebrews says no matter what, you need to hold on to faith, because faith is the only sure grounds, the only sure means by which we are saved. But what does this faith that he's talking about look like? Well, we read on together what he says next in our passage this morning. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Let's read that one together, folks. Let's say it out loud. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. What does faith look like? The kind of faith that pleases God? Well, he begins by telling us that faith is connected to hope, and it involves both confidence and assurance about things we can't yet see. And this is fascinating, I think, for two reasons. Firstly, because we learn here that faith isn't about feelings. And secondly, because it's not about wishful thinking. As we all know, feelings come and go, and feelings can be deceiving. So, Miss how do you know you've got faith? Well, I just feel it on these uh, warm and fuzzy on the inside about God, and it's great, and whatever else, and that's great, but that's not what faith is. Uh, in the honeymoon period of your marriage, If you're married and you've experienced that or if you look forward to that yet to come uh, at maybe some point in your life, your emotions, you're flying high. Uh, Hormones are buzzing, adrenaline is pumping, life is like it's in HD 4K. But when the honeymoon period wears off, sometimes it's like you come back to earth with a a bit of a, a thump Is that because you no longer love your spouse? No. It's simply because that's the way that God made us. He hasn't made us, uh, designed our emotions to, to run on overdrive up here on this mountaintop experience for so long. If you did, you'd get burnt out. You'd collapse from exhaustion, from the excitement and the energy and everything else all the time. In the same way, we need to understand that our faith isn't about a feeling that we have, which we may or may not feel. Nor is faith about wishful thinking. God is not asking you to believe in something that simply takes your fancy. Yes, it would be a good idea if one day we went to heaven. That takes my fancy. I'll believe in that. Christianity isn't about wishing upon a star. Biblical faith is a settled confidence that something in the future which you haven't yet seen, but which has been promised by God, will actually happen. Because God will make it happen. Faith isn't blind trust. It's not a leap in the dark. Faith is believing that God's words, that He has given to us in His Word, will come true. Believing that the eternal all-powerful God who created all things, verse 3, who is infinitely wise, who is eternally trustworthy, who has revealed Himself through His Word and in history through His Son, Jesus Christ, whose promises have proven true from generation to generation that His promises will indeed come true for you and for me. Your circumstances might look bad right now. Your feelings might be through the floor. But if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then one day when He returns, you will reign with Him in glory forever and ever. True faith involves accepting God's Word and believing that there are realities in this world that our eyes cannot see but that will one day certainly come to pass. And true faith means trusting in God so much that we're able to begin to enjoy the the hope of our future reality even now in the midst of our present circumstances. And that means that even when the storms of life come, and they will come, deep down we can know God's peace. We can know His patience and His joy and His courage. We can get through it all with his help, because we realize that our future hope is not based on our feelings right now. It's not based on how good or bad our present circumstances may be. It's not based on wishful thinking. Because that word assurance that the writer to the Hebrews uses here, when he says faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. That word that he uses there is referring to something of substance, something that's real. Sort of like the the title deed of a property if you happen to, to be a homeowner. You'll know that until your house is paid off, you'll never see the deed. But you know the deed is real and it exists in the bank that you've got the mortgage with as evidence of a real property. And in the same way, the Bible tells us that faith is evidence of something that's real, even though we don't yet see it. And so no matter what we face in life, we keep looking ahead with such confidence that we know we won't be disappointed. The faithful characters that we are introduced to Uh, over the course of this chapter, which we'll be thinking about uh, over these next couple of weeks. They didn't simply just live for the passing moment. They just didn't uh, uh, allow their lives to be defined by their feelings or their circumstances. No. They realized that there is far more to this life than their immediate circumstances or to what they could see with their eyes. They saw God's hand at work in their lives, which gave them strength to carry on despite their challenges that they were facing. Listen to what the writer says about Moses later here in in verse 27 of chapter 11. He says, by faith, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. How, how can that happen? How can that, you have that sort of certainty about things that can't be seen yet with a physical eye? We'll take a look at verse 3 that we heard read this morning. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. He says, look around you. You want to know how we can know these things? Look around you. The beauty and the majesty of creation. The wonder of our bodies. The amazing way in which the universe fits together and is so finely tuned, uniquely balanced. It confirms that God exists. You want to know if there is a God? Look around you folks. Faith believes that God created all this stuff and that without Him we wouldn't be here. Scientists have been trying to come up with a different explanation for a lot of years. And to be honest, folks, I'm not convinced with anything they put out. Sure, there might be a Big Bang that started, but do you not think God could have made the Big Bang? Who made the Big Bang? Those things don't just happen. There has to be someone at the start that makes it happen. God created all this stuff. That's faith's starting point. But faith doesn't stop there. Faith looks back at how this amazing God has acted through time. It weighs up the promises that God has made and considers the evidence to the solutions that He has given for our needs. And combined with the certainty that God exists, faith believes in God's integrity. Believes that God is good. Believes that God is powerful, that He's able to bring these promises to pass, that God keeps his promises. Paul spoke of this in Romans chapter four, when he told of the promise that God made to Abraham. And speaking of Abraham, he says this, he says, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised." The one who believes God exists and is faithful to his promises knows that she will not be let down. And as she waits, she hopes she doesn't give up, she doesn't distrust God because of circumstances or hardship or the passing of time. Even though from time to time, doubts may arise. When asked to define faith, the renowned preacher Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones Uh, simply said this. Faith is believing in God. That's faith in a nutshell. Faith is believing God. As we read this chapter, we see that Noah believed God when God told him to build an ark. Abraham believed what God said and moved to another country. The Israelites believed God when he told them to cross the Red Sea. You know, it's no wonder that the writer to the Hebrews goes on to say that faith is basic to pleasing God. That's the second thing that I want to say this morning. Faith is basic to pleasing God. It's what the ancients were commended for, verse 2. Verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Notice here uh, what he says there in verse 6. You can leave that up there for just a wee second. Faith always includes two inseparable features. Firstly, believing that God exists, and secondly, believing that God rewards those who diligently seek Him. That's where faith starts. That's where faith must begin. It begins with an awareness that God exists. And that He rewards those who earnestly, diligently seek Him. The two go hand in hand. Why do I make a big deal of this? Because there are so many today who say they believe in God. Say, yeah, I I believe God exists. But by the way they're living their life, it's clear to all that they are not diligently seeking God but there's no prize here for just believing that God exists. There's no prize for coming to the end of your life and saying that you believe in God. It's just sort of ambiguous sort of thing out there. James tells us that even the demons believe that there's a God, and they shudder at the thought of it. only those who are persuaded that God exists, that He is true to His Word, only those who then seek Him diligently and then surrender their lives to Jesus Christ will receive the reward of God. First, they receive the reward of salvation. Afterwards, the fulfillment of God's many promises that He's made to us through the ages. You see, the, the wonder of faith is that it gets its strength from believing God without seeing Him or seeing beforehand the tangible evidence of the things hoped for. But as we exercise that kind of faith in our lives, our faith becomes clearly visible in our actions and how we respond to our circumstances. In the same way that physical exercise makes us stronger, when we begin exercising our faith, We discover that we're increasingly able to face the pressures, the hardships, the difficulties, the challenges that we face in our life. And we discover that those difficulties are actually dwarfed by the greatness of God. As we see God's greatness at work in our lives, our doubts begin to dwindle and they're overshadowed by the glory of God and His awesome power. A faith like that shows itself in a life that's abandoned to God. As we see through the examples of all the people that follow in this chapter, as we read in verses 2 and 6, that's the kind of faith that pleases God. That's the kind of faith that brings His approval. That's the kind of faith that brings His reward. That's the kind of faith that leads to salvation and eternal life. In fact, without that kind of faith, it's impossible to please God. We've touched on this already, but as we close, the last observation I want to make from these verses is that in the face of life's challenges, faith puts us immediately in touch with reality, with what's truly real. And that's the great thing about faith. Far from being wishful thinking, truth, true faith pierces the illusion of our circumstances that tends to distract us, It tends to pull us away from God, and it puts us right back in touch with reality. When doubts begin to rise, when, when our hearts be, begin to fall with our feelings, faith steps in and, and puts us back in touch With the fact that an invisible God is real. And He's dealing constantly in this world and in my life. I may not always understand His ways, I may not understand His movements, but I can rest assured that He exists. And no matter what cards life deals me, God will fulfill His promises to me. I am safe in His hands. Only biblical faith can put us in touch with reality like that. Because biblical faith believes that there is another dimension to this life and this world than that we. There's another dimension that goes beyond what we can touch, beyond what we can see, beyond what we can taste, beyond what we can hear, beyond what's felt. There's more to life than our present circumstances. In the same way that, that looking at creation convinces us that God exists even though we can't see him, faith tells us that there is an invisible spiritual kingdom of God and that all of the ultimate questions of life, the biggest questions that you might have about life and faith and the hereafter, they all, the answers to them, all lie in the kingdom of God. So at its core, faith believes God. It believes what God says about life. It believes what God says about you and how much He loves you. It believes what God says about His kingdom work and your involvement in it. It believes about the solution to our problems that God has given us through His Son, Jesus Christ, who came all the way down to die on a cross from your sins and from my sins do not believe, this, this faith, it's not wishful thinking. It's not a blind faith, but it's based upon the work of God in creation, the evidence of Him at work in our world, and in revealing Himself in His very person, His Son, Jesus Christ. So how, how do we begin to take steps of faith in our own lives? Well, I think we need to be clear at the end of the day that faith and God is a choice. It's a choice. Just like love for a husband or a wife after the honeymoon period is over, faith is an act of the will. It's a choice. Faith looks at all the evidence pointing convincingly towards God and takes a step in the same direction that all of that evidence is pointing. You know, contrary to popular belief, the evidence is there, The evidence for God, the evidence for faith is there. You just need to decide whether or not you actually want to believe. If you're struggling to see the evidence, ask God to give you eyes to see it. Open yourself to discovering that evidence for yourself. If you need help doing that, talk to me. Talk to Noel. Talk to David. Talk to another trusted friend who knows Christ and has gone down that journey uh, before you. Open the Bible, read the Gospel, see what Jesus says about Himself, see what He does, see the way He acts, see what He came to do. Sign up and be a part of the next Alpha Course, which I hope to be running uh, here in the, the autumn. Open your heart to God, invite Him to reveal Himself to you. Welcome Him. And if you've done that, if you believe, if you've taken that step of faith in Christ, then then you need to go where faith is. You need to be a part of His church. You need to join in with His people. You need to grow in your faith and take active steps to do that. And the responsibility in doing that is yours. I can't grow your faith for you. Your friends can't grow your faith for you. You have to take responsibility for your faith. And actively, day by day, read God's Word Spend time with Him in prayer. Engage with spiritual disciplines that help draw you closer to Christ and help you to rely more on Him. At the end of the day, Jesus tells us, you need to make a choice about to, to begin the faith journey and then take steps to grow in faith once you've done that. He tells us that as you get to know the truth, As you begin to live and experience the truth of God in your life, though you may struggle with feelings of doubt in light of your circumstances, the truth will set you free. It'll set you free from the tyranny of doubt, it'll set you free from the tyranny of uncertainty. It will bring reassurance that settles your feelings. And so, the real question of faith is do you want to believe? Do you want to believe? Bible says if we seek God with all our hearts, we will surely find Him. Surely find Him. But to do that requires faith. It requires believing that God exists and believing that He will fulfill His promises. It doesn't require us to answer all of our questions. Let's be clear about that, folks. It doesn't mean that when we come to, come to Christ and, and we, we, we begin this enterprise, that all of our questions will be answered but it does require us to take God at his word, to surrender our lives to him. And when we do that, the Bible tells us that God will show himself to us and that will be enough. Those questions that we thought were blocks and blockades to faith will slowly diminish. And we'll receive the assurance of his presence and his help to get through our circumstances. We'll have the confidence and the hope that we need for the assurance of what we do not yet see. Knowing that in time, a better day will come. Let's pray. And and as we do, I want to invite us to, to open our hearts to this kind of faith that the author of the Hebrews is talking about here. And if you haven't taken that step of faith for yourself this morning, I want to invite you to do that. just for the quietness of your own heart, maybe you just want to say these words quietly along with me as I say them. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your Spirit. Help me to believe. Thank you for your grace and your mercy for me. I receive your forgiveness, and I receive your Spirit. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit and be with me forever, and help me to follow you all the days of my life. Amen. And Father, for each of us today, wherever we are on that journey of faith, I pray that you'd strengthen our faith, strengthen our assurance in what we can't yet see, knowing that you exist, knowing that you are faithful and true, knowing that you will be true to your promises, and you will bring all of your promises to pass. Help us to grow in our faith daily as we seek to follow you. And with our lives, help us to be like the greats of old who bring glory to your name forever and ever. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.